My name is Cody. And mine is Hunter. Welcome to the Trendertainment Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss trending topics in music, news, and entertainment. And whatever the hell else we want. Alright, let's do this. Hey, this is Hunter. This week I'm recommending that you listen to the Menzinger's new single, Lookers. It's available on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, you can probably find it on YouTube as well. Uh, it's a great punk band. Um, I'm actually going to be seeing them on the 30th of this month with Bayside. Uh, their new single, Lookers, though, it's a great uh, punk song. It's got good hooks. Um, the lyrics are great. It just, you know, makes me very nostalgic. Uh, so if you guys want to, check it out. Well, welcome back to the Trendertainment Podcast. This is episode number five. And today, we're going to be discussing bands and what happens when a band breaks up. Oh, boy. Hey. So what's going on, gentlemen? Hey. <laughs> it's going good, dude. We have McKay back for another episode here. That's true. McKay's recording on his phone because his Skype was updating on his computer. So <laughs> that was a fun ordeal before the show started. Yeah. It's okay. We'll just complain to our buddy that works at Microsoft and tell him to fix Skype for us. Oh, that's true. We do have an in there. We'll still yeah. have the same. Well, dude, no, so, like, here's the thing. With with Skype, it's it's been around for a long time. It's probably the arguably the most popular video platform out there. And I feel like the interface is garbage and hasn't changed in, like, the last five to six years. Yeah. At true. least on the computer version. The mobile version's had a lot of focus, but the computer app is just trash in my opinion well who uses skype to on the computer <laughs> besides people doing a podcast honestly i'm sure I'm, I'm sure it's just all mobile at this point and, si- so. and 60 year old grandmas so missionaries that's fair you know it's, it's funny it's, it's, it's mis- true i probably sell more tablets and smartphones than i've sell computers every day now it's pretty crazy to think about wow dude i don't even own a computer i just have my work computer nice <laughs> If I ever if I ever leave this job, I will buy a computer. Yeah. You know, I'm accustomed to having one. Exactly. I didn't have one for a long time. I can't imagine not having a computer because I do so much editing. Like you guys have seen my setup. I've got like speakers and my 27 inch iMac and hard drives with the wazoo. I think I have 12 terabytes worth of hard drives on my desk right now. Holy! You're like a <laughs> you're like a DJ. Yeah. By moonlight. <laughs> exactly right. Well, awesome, gentlemen. So today. This is going to be a bit of a different episode for us. We're going to talk a lot about bands and what that really means. And I think that's that's pretty much a theme for our podcast because there's music is something that the three of us really connect on on a deeper level. Um, but man, what happens when a band breaks up? Because I'm crushed. I don't know about you guys. Like when my favorite bands break up, I'm like, what am I going to listen to? Yeah, yeah. It definitely depends on the band for me. Like. Uh, sometimes, like, bands, like, fade out in their last two albums. Like, we talked about this last week, like, Amberlin. Like, I wasn't sad when they broke up, because I didn't like their recent music. Exactly. Nope, I can relate to that, because... Oh, look at McKay. We made him mad. No, he didn't make me mad. I, I agree. It's a lot more, uh... I don't know. More techno-y. I don't know. Something like that. Well, 
and sometimes you you fall in love with a band because it hits a specific time in your life, and we've touched on that a lot in the podcast. But when I look at bands like Amberlin, where the last three albums or so they were good, but I wasn't into them at the time. But I got really into them later, so I've probably listened to Lowborn and um, Dark Is the Way and Light Is a Place five times in the last month or so each. Oh. So I mean, I've 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 listened to it quite a bit, and I did. I probably give it one listen through when it first came out. Yeah, I think Dude, I still I still I can't get into it. I think I Lowborn Vital was really. Oh, sorry, Vital. Oh, uh, go for it, okay. Vital is the uh, their second last album. Has the picture of that guy getting splashed in the ocean, hugging himself yeah. or something? Exactly. I thought that was really good. Maybe they kind of like poop out at the end of the albums. I don't know. No, I really liked Vital. The I don't know if you guys, if you guys have seen the pressing on vinyl for Vital. It looks awesome. It's a ten-inch double EP that they've like really small to medium-sized album. Looks beautiful. But no, like I was the same way too. Like I didn't pick up that record until probably last year. And it came out like four years ago. Came out a while ago. Oh shit! I think I have it. Yeah, there you go. Is it the black? Yep, the black pressing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think with with bands too, especially if you like really love that band and it's a band you support a lot, the breakup is so much worse. Mm. Like I can tell you, I remember crying <clears throat> when Under Oath broke up because I couldn't make it to one of their last shows. I was that upset that I couldn't go to their show. I guess I haven't really had a band that's like that for me break up yet. So maybe for me, maybe I'll feel different. I mean, Chiodos has been an on and off thing and that was just frust. I think it's more frustrating for me because, you know, you want new music, but you also want them to be in a good state of mind, but you want more music more. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, the reason you fall in love with music so much is because it's relatable. And so I think there's a point in time where if a band does not become, isn't relatable anymore, they become obsolete. I don't know, just not relevant in your life. Yeah, exactly. So when you have those bands that are constantly breaking up and getting back together, it's just almost like you expect it because you're like, well, I need this for a short time and then I'm done. Yeah. I also think there is a difference between bands. Some bands age very gracefully while other bands don't age. So, like, some bands, you're in high school, and you're like, oh, this makes all the sense in the world to me. Oh, this is so good. And then when you're, you know, 23, 24, you're not in high school anymore, but they're still singing about high school stuff. You're like, I don't I don't relate to it anymore. Like, Simple plan. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, one of my favorite bands, The Wonder Years, like, the album I fell in love with them on, it was about that high school stuff and, like, college parties and stuff like that but now they're singing about being married and friends dying tragically and going to their funeral and adult shit so i i like a lot of bands just don't age well the i think the whole reason that prompted this episode was um one of my favorite bands i grew up listening to just off actually by luck um i bought a cd off of this website from solid state records i'm like okay cool let's just check this out i have no idea what it sounds like and i get this cd and it's brutal it's this band as cities burn albums called sun i loved you at your darkest and it's just something that i thought was awesome um and it was actually really funny because the lead guitarist on that band um his brother was my um geography teacher back in middle school in utah 
And so Whoa. it was really funny. Like I, I found this band and then my geography teacher told me about it. I'm like, this is great. And so I just, I had this, this relationship with it. I loved it. I bought their t-shirts. I looked for everything they did. Every time they had a new music video come out, I fell in love with it. And then they broke up and I was bummed. They had one album out and I was so bummed out. And then they got back together a few years later and then they broke up again. And then they got back together for a reunion tour. <laughs> and then yesterday they broke up again. And they so canceled it's, it. And they Is canceled it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they canceled the tour. So it, it's tough because <sighs> you look at people that really love these bands. I probably, I mean, they just repressed a lot of their stuff on vinyl. So I just bought probably three of their albums this last couple of months. And so it's a band that I've been listening to a lot lately. So I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I'm thinking about this. And, and I, I love the music. And then this happens again. So I'm sitting here and I'm reading about this band breaking up and what might happen. And then I'm just seeing the drummer like arguing with people in the Facebook feed. Like he's fighting with people in comments. People are mad about not being able to get money refunded for tickets. And then he. Well, what did the original post say? Well, the, the original, yeah, I took a screenshot of it too because I knew I'd have to look at this later. Um, it said, as City's burn has ended, this time for good, all shows are canceled and everyone is moving on to different things. Sorry to anyone that bought tickets for upcoming dates. We realize it's abrupt and confusing. That's all there is to say right now. Thanks for the support throughout the years. It's been fun. And, you know, arguably this, was a, this is a band that didn't have much of an online presence until last year when they did their reunion tour. And in fact, me and my siblings and my fiance and my, one of my best friends went out to San Francisco to go to one of their shows. Um, and it was awesome. And they, they just put on such an amazing, amazing set. And it was the 10 year anniversary tour of son. I love you at your darkest, their first album that I bought. Um, and so it was really cool. And I was excited to have them back. They had two new songs out and everything was kind of ramping up again. And then it fizzles out. like out like this. But the drummer, Aaron, um, made a comment on the page that said, we don't owe the fans anything. Just because you listen to our music doesn't mean we owe you an explanation. Doesn't mean you're a part of our lives. And I forget the whole gist of it. I should have taken a screenshot of that, too, because it just really, it really resonated with me a little bit. Because I'm sitting here going, man, I've got an As Cities Burn poster on my wall. I've got an Essity's Burn shirt in my closet. I've got every album you guys have ever put out. I've got all your new vinyl that was just re-released. Man, I kind of, I kind of, that kind of sucks. That kind of hurts a little bit. And if I didn't buy that stuff, like, would you guys still have been as big of a band? Like, if the fans weren't there to support you, would you have gotten big enough to tour and do these things and have a 10-year anniversary of an album that came out? What if no one listened to that album? What would have happened? So in a way you kind of do owe the fans a little bit of something, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I, first of all, I think that the post they made is just kind of like, I understand things happen and life is crazy, but that's just, I don't canceling a tour is really, and I'm not saying they need to, you know, suck it up and be friendly with each other and get this tour done with but saying that they don't owe the fans that or at least some sort of explanation you don't you know they don't need to go into their personal lives like who's mad at who or what specifically happened like who knows it might not even be like a a dispute between the band members it could be family things but it just needs to be yeah i think they handled it terribly 
I'm I'm of the opinion, I guess that like they they provide a service, right? Like I I view bands at their service, right? They they produce a product, you buy the product. Now a lot of businesses, yes, you you want customer satisfaction and stuff like that, but a business can go out of business whenever they want. And I don't know, I I do agree that the Facebook post was abrupt and. But, like, I, I don't necessarily feel that they owe an explanation. Because, like McKay said, we have no idea what is going on in these band members' lives. I feel like a lot of fans will... They idolize these band members, right? Mm -hmm. For good reason. They're yeah. very talented. They they make stuff you that resonate with you. It, it touches you. You look up to them. But a lot of people, I feel like, when they idolize people like that, they do it with actors. They do it. Everyone does it. I do it everyone does it they stop viewing them as like human beings Correct. like with anxieties and depressions and mm -hmm. and family issues and emergencies and stuff like that so yes the facebook post was a little erupt and yeah you probably shouldn't get in internet arguments i'm of a firm belief you should never get in internet arguments because they lead nowhere but they don't right but you gotta keep going to <laughs> but <them. laughs> i i just feel like they they should refund they should refund all the tickets, but I don't feel like they owe any explanation at all. They, is their lives they can stop whenever they want. They don't have to do any tours. Well, and you know, to like uh, to put a little more context into this specific situation, they had a Facebook page and they wiped everything off the Facebook page. They deleted pictures. They deleted old, old posts. They deleted all their like links to anything else that they had out there. The Twitter was gone. Like the whole nine years, like, everything was deleted. And so I remember like looking back at some of my other favorite bands, and I'll go back and I'll see their Facebook page or I'll see their Twitter and I'll look at the nostalgia and go, oh yeah, I remember when this happened or I was at that tour back in two thousand and eight and. Um, as, as, and this is totally different context with social media. I mean, they didn't have this 30, 40 years ago, so that's not something you can go back to. But now it's like, man, I kind of I kind of cherish that as a memory. I can look at going to this page and seeing those photos and seeing these posts and go, man, I, I, I was there. I saw that. I bought that. I did this. And I had fun, and I have that relationship with them. It's almost like when I if I were to go to Hunter's Facebook page and see my friendship with Hunter. I could see my friendship and see, okay, here's all the stuff Hunter tagged me in. Here's all the stuff I tagged him in. And this is what we did together. Here's a picture of me, McKay, and Hunter back from years ago like just cool mm -hmm. things like that you know and that's and that's kind of the what a lot of people were mad about is he went through and they wiped out everything and they deleted it all and then he proceeded to argue with people in the comments i think i would have been just fine with the explanation cool you know what bands usually come out and they say hey uh, this is what happened and this is why we broke up at this time and this was going on in my life but now i've gone over it we've gotten through this this person did handle it in their own way but this was just like very abrupt and very argumentative. And I just don't think it was the handled the right way. And then it got to a point where it's like, Oh man, we almost don't respect you as fans. And that's where I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of where I draw the line. Like I, I put up money. I support you. I do things cause you ask it. And I'm like, Oh man, I want to, I want to be there. But man, when you, when you start saying it's not really worth it for you, that's, that's tough. I don't understand the whole deleting stuff thing. Cause I get, so they delete let's see they they broke up and then deleted everything and then when they got back together yeah. they started posting again no 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 so they they broke up yesterday so yes they yeah, had a ton okay. of posts and stuff like that from this last year so they broke up yesterday and then as like when i went to their page there was no profile picture no banner no no, no comments nothing there was just the one post and then the drummer arguing with everybody in the comments and then that page was wiped off of facebook i went back like 20 minutes later to look for it and it was gone it wasn't even there anymore um so they actually deleted the whole profile 
Come around to today, the profile's back. There's one picture posted, a new explanation, and then a, a new banner for the website, just kind of showing like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and here, I'll read that description again really fast as well. So that way you guys get a little more context for the situation. Let's see. I mean, I get the idea of like wiping a slate clean, but I deleting like memories and conversations and history like that, I don't feel as productive. I don't, see, I just Aaron, don't, Aaron I don't said, understand uh, it. Yeah, well, I'm the same way too. I'm just like, what? why would you delete everything? And he kind of explains it in, to this post. So Aaron says, I don't feel right about speaking through the As Cities Burn Facebook page to communicate things that I would, or the things that I would like to. The last 24 hours have been weird. A lot of weirdness falls on me and the way I communicate. I like to be snarky, and I like to try and teach people through comment threads. I have too much pride. I don't show enough grace, and I was talking to a friend on the phone about this, and he told me you must offer grace to receive it yourself. Let's scroll down here a little bit more, too. He said, two days ago, I quit as cities burn. I can't say anything I'm feeling about this as, as it is very personal and I don't want to damage my friendships with the band. I will explain the best that I can. The members of the band were down to myself, Stephen Keach, Cody Bonnet, and our plan was to move forward as a three-piece. This is pretty much all based on the fact that we live in Nashville, making the work of being in a band logistically possible. All the past members have gone or have life going on outside of As Cities Burn, and this band was not in their future plans. Um, myself, Keech, and Cody were excited to move forward and operate on some level at least part of the time. Cody and I have been playing music together since we were 19 years old. We're extremely close friends, and we have had to maneuver an artistic and business relationship. That's extremely difficult to do, especially when two strong-willed and determined people have different versions of the future and how business ends should go. Creatively, it's been one of the greatest joys of my life to make music with Cody. I'm really proud of everything that we've done in songwriting, recording, live performances, etc. Cody is literally a musical genius in his own right and one of the best guitar players I've ever known. Nobody touches him in artistic vision and execution. He's the best in the scene and I'm lucky to have had a chance to work with him. And it kind of dives in a little bit to their business relationship and how they didn't see eye to eye there. Um, but to kind of wrap it all up, there is no animosity within this now defunct band. I was literally out until 2 a.m. last night drinking beers with, and eating burgers with Cody and Keech, just hanging like we've always had. If anything, I think our relationships will be stronger with the weight of this band off of our shoulders. And there's more if you guys want to continue to read later on. But it's, it's interesting to see, like, he couldn't provide it any explanation yesterday, but here's this long explanation today. Um, but I don't know. It just, it got me thinking about how that band fan relationship is. Cause yes, people are placed on these pedestals. Like you were talking about Hunter, like they are up as better right. than humans. Right. And I think right. it's just, it's, it's, it's hard for someone to even live at the top there because they don't feel like they live up to that, that idea, that goal of what, Oh man, this person's the best but they want to. And that's well, the hard part. Well, it's a thing too of like, does your job stress you out? My job stresses me out <laughs> all the time. Always. People don't realize. Yes. They're, they are a rock band. They play rock music for a living. That's freaking cool. It's still a job. It's still stressful. It sounds like this particular band was extremely stressful and ruining relationships that they had, friendships that they had yep. and they didn't want it to anymore. So they got rid of it. Yeah. Cause you have to, well, what, 
bands have to juggle like three things, you know, like personal relationships with each other, you know, the creative end, they have to all see eye to eye or, you know, come to some understanding of where they want to go musically. And then there's the business end of how they want to approach, you know, the business. marketing yeah, and marketing. stuff like that well i brought it up last week there's a podcast i listened to and uh one of the artists said like hey when i started a band i didn't think i'd be starting a clothing company too because that's where they get a lot of their revenue so yeah it's a business you have yeah. to think about online presence now with social media you have to think about reaching out to your fans selling merchandise making music touring family stuff like everything you would normally do in life on top of that but like when i think about it I think about it like a solid work week. So I work 40 hours a week for a company and my job, when I signed up, they said, we have these tasks for you to do. You're going to do this for so many hours per week and we're going to pay you this much. And I signed that paperwork and I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. So when I look at that and I decide, you know what, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go off to another job where they pay me more money to do these specific tasks and I'm going to make more there. So I'm going to put in my two weeks here because I've had a great experience with this last job, or maybe even if you didn't have a great experience with the last job, you have a, um, you have a, there's a responsibility. Yeah. There's, there's a specific responsibility when you say, Hey, I'm going to do this for this long. I'm gonna do this for this many hours a week that you feel, you see that through. And so when I quit my job, I'm going to do give a two weeks notice. And with that two weeks notice, then I'm going to move on to the next job. So that way that gives them time to train somebody else to prep what's going to happen there. And then I can begin working somewhere else. And so when I, you look at a rock band and yeah, like you said, Hunter, it's cool. And it's something that's totally different. And people do that because they don't want a normal nine to five job. But at the same time, there's a certain matter of responsibility. So leaving a tour that you just recently announced and not doing that and then not refunding the fans. I can understand that the, that's a concert promoter thing and there's still other bands playing there, but certain people go out to shows for certain bands. And so that's tough when you spend so much money and sometimes even buy plane tickets or drive long distance to see a band that you love and then they cancel everything on you and say, it's, we don't owe you anything. This is our problem has nothing to do with you. Well, so I think they should refund the tickets for sure. But like I've struggled with depression and stuff before. I, I, I think everyone does at some point in their I'm life. I'm raising my hand, but there you go. <laughs> um, but like, I don't, it sounds like it was an interpersonal relationship issue, but like, I don't know. Who knows what's going on in their heads? Who knows what's going on in their personal life? Like, like if I had to quit a job because something was going on in my personal life, I I probably wouldn't give a two weeks notice if it was serious enough. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if everything's hunky dory, then yeah, you the should. But mm-hmm. well, I yeah, mean, I exactly. I walked into one of my jobs and told my two bosses to fuck off and then walked over to the next <laughs> office and walked into their boss's office and said, I want a different job at the company. And she gave it to me. So I, I don't know. There's always, I th- I feel like there's always a matter to get around something. Um, especially, I, I don't know. I, I, I very much hold commitments. Like I, I value those a lot. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. I, it's just it's tough when you see people that don't follow through, and like I said, I don't have I don't have any any animosity towards this band. I love this band. I guarantee anytime they press any of their back catalog on a record, 
I will buy that damn record. Um, I will support them in their future endeavors. I mean, I'm already subscribed to Aaron's uh, blog writing posts. He does like a lot of writing and creative stuff like that. And I already subscribed to that for so much money per month. So it's just a matter of, I, I do like these people and I like the art that they create as individuals. Um, but it was just, it was just tough to see, like, especially it, it yeah, you see your idol kind of fall down. It, it's tough to see that. And I don't, I didn't necessarily hold them on that high of a pedestal, but when I kind of felt devalued in the money that I gave them, I'm like, man, should I even be giving money to Aaron's website for his writing? If this is the way he views his fans and the people that support what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, it kind of just comes down to like bands are a business and it's a customer satisfaction score. And if bands have a low customer satisfaction score, they might not have a lot of customers. Yep. Totally. And I really, I really think it is a business as cool of a business as it is, but you know, it, it, it really just kind of depends. And I feel like as much as that, yes, they probably should uphold their, you know, obligations with the tour and stuff like that. I guess I view it as, Hey, they're humans. Like they're going to make mistakes. And sometimes they're just not going to be able to do certain things. And it's, hard because when a business fails it's a business that fails when it's a band that fails it's like two three people yeah, that's true so it's like it feels more personal you know what i mean but it is a business when it's like when a lead singer leaves a band too like it's hard for that band to sometimes keep going because that band isn't necessarily the same band because that's the voice of what they're doing the lyrics are usually written by the lead singer or a combination of lead singer and other artists in a band um and when that person is gone it's it's hard to keep going. So luckily there's a lot of bands out there that can push through that and can see the art a different way, or maybe had more influence in writing the music than even the lead singer did. Cause sometimes that lead singer is just a figurehead and he's just the front person for the band. Um, but I think we've really started to see a shift in the music industry and how people react to certain situations and how quickly we can get information. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting topic. I wanted to bring it up because I just, uh, I love music. I mean, you can see my records behind me here for Ooh, nice. you guys on Skype, but I have a ton of music. I have like nine under Earth posters on the wall. I kind of have a problem <laughs> there, but I, I, I support music and that's probably one thing that I'll probably always pay for and really appreciate. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to see like if I pay a company, let's, let's say, let's take my smartphone. For instance, I bought my smartphone and here in the United States, they offer me a one-year warranty on this against manufacturer parts and defects and things that don't work. When you buy music, there's no warranty. The music could suck, and luckily now we can listen to music <laughs> before we buy it. But back in the day, you'd buy a record or you'd buy an album or you'd buy a CD not knowing whether the whole thing was going to be good. Maybe you're buying it for one single, and then you fall in love with the whole album. Um, it, it's just a totally different business model. So I thought it was an interesting subject to bring up. I declare... Bankruptcy! Hey everybody, this is Cody. And if you're anything like me, you're stuck in 2008. And guess what? In 2008, we had a bubble burst. There's a movie on HBO right now called The Big Short. If you have not watched it, it is super informative. Definitely recommend checking it out this week. Hey, I just wanted you to know that you can't just say the word bankruptcy and expect anything to happen. I didn't say it, I declared it. Still, that's... It's not anything. Let me get, let me ask you guys this, because I find this kind of the same vein, but interesting. How do you feel about VIP 
concert experiences. You pay, and you get to meet the band. How do you feel about that? I'm interested. Uh, McKay, you have first. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if you guys are a fan. Um, 21 Pilots has this... There's... Uh, it's really weird, because meet and greets are awesome, and they can be... When the bands are really small, they can be really personal and, you know, just great experiences. But one, once they get to a certain stage, it almost becomes, you know, necessary... Because there's lots of every almost everyone at that concert is gonna want to meet and shake their hands, take a picture, but there's only so much time they can donate to them before they have to get in the bus to the next show. You know what I mean? So, um, here's here's my view on it though. Here's my view on it though. Sorry to cut you you're off. You're good. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you. I'm Taylor. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but um, okay. Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> I don't think I don't think um, McKay caught your reference there. He's supposed to be Kanye, you're cool. Taylor Swift. <laughs> nah, it's it's all cool. Um, so just like I was arguing, they're people. They should be given the benefit of the doubt. You know, sometimes people just can't handle doing things, and that's fine. But that also comes with something. They're people. You shouldn't pay. You shouldn't have to pay to meet people. <laughs> and it's not like I'm salty about it because. Honestly, every band that I listen to, I don't have to pay to meet them. I've met all of them for free because they just hang out. But, see, I don't think you should ever have to pay for the privilege of meeting another person. And sure, McKay, you're saying 21 Pilots. They're huge now, right? So, yeah, they're not going to be able to meet everyone in the you know stadium that seats 50,000 people. I agree with that. But they can choose some people to just come backstage for free and they can spend an hour. Yeah, meeting. I guess that I guess you know that's a mean? bad example because I don't think I don't know if they necessarily give like VIP meet and greet tickets for their concerts. I know they did this weird. That's fair. They enough. did this weird thing where like certain people would hand out like these little cards, like a certain amount of cards during a concert, and that would be your ticket to go like meet with them. That's awesome, and I think that's awesome. See, that's cool. But the paying for it that does make sense because. Like you already paid to go to the concert, and it's they're just, you know, you. They are just people, cool people, talented people, just people though. Let me let me play the devil's advocate on the other side of this. So, let let's talk about a business again. So let's go back to that business model and that business structure. When you look at a band and how they make music, there's a couple different streams. You could make your music. That's being number one as a band. That's what people expect you to do is release albums and sell those albums to record companies or independently through different markets and you get revenue or royalties off of each song played each album purchased movies that they're used in etc uh probably number two you can get the money made off of merchandise and depending on how many people in your band money is always split so many different ways and musical influences and so forth and copyright claims and record labels like record labels take their cut when you also look at a business as well, most bands make money off of touring. That's where they actually make the bulk of the money they have readily available. I might get right $10,000 signing bonus for signing to this record label, or I might sell 200,000 copies of a record and get a check from iTunes at the end of the month. I don't get the money weekly. It's, it's very different, but bands make money off of touring. So if I go on a tour, Cody Ward is going on tour and I'm selling tickets for 10 shows. These 10 shows are going to be spread out across the United States. When's pre-order? Let's say I have... What's When's that? pre-order? Yeah, exactly right. 
and let's say I do 10 shows. So let's do 10 shows with 30 bucks a pop for the tickets. Mm-hmm. So we'll go 30 bucks. And let's just say an average of 100 people show up to each one of these shows. So if we go 30 times 100, we have $3,000. That's not a lot of money. That's three grand. So then you also got to factor in promoters. You got to factor in people on possible street teams. You got to factor in... The venue. The venue, yeah. The venue, that's going to be the biggest chunk uh, cost is the venue itself is going to take out probably more than half of your ticket sales. Travel. Because, yeah, travel, getting to those places. You got to think about plane tickets, getting your equipment there, those different things like that. So, time out, gentlemen. I got to kick my cat out. He's chewing on plastic, that motherfucker. Yeah, I think I think you'll be a wonderful dad someday, Cody. As long as they're not chewing on plastic. I'm sitting over here. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He chews on plastic, and then he throws it up all over the house. But here's the thing. He, we have hardwood floors. If he threw up on the hardwood floor, I'd be a happy man. He could eat all the fucking plastic he wants to his heart's content. He throws up on the three carpets and or my bed. Only. Exclusively. He's never ever thrown up. On the hardwood. Hey, he wants to be comfy while he he pukes, okay? If my dog gets into my room, he poops all over our pillows, (laughs) and I just think that's because he wants to be comfy. So, the venue is taking out that biggest chunk of change from what you're selling. So, we're looking $3,000 for 10 shows, travel, venue, food, promoters, band members. Let's say there's five guys in your band, four guys in your band. You're making like 20 bucks a day, maybe, maybe. So, a couple years ago, probably 70s, 60s, these big bands decided, hey, let's do these VIP shows. Let's go through and do exclusive VIP meet and greets, and they get to come hang out with the band and ask questions and just hang out. And so, okay, we'll charge them 60 bucks a ticket, 100 bucks a ticket. We'll go through and do that. And so that's where... That was a cash grab. That was saying, hey, we want more money. We need to be able to make a living doing this. We need to be able to support our families. So, yes, it's selfish to a degree. and It's taking advantage of the fans. But if the fan is willing to pay that money, that's their prerogative. They get to meet the band and do different things. So let's fast forward to 2016. Um, I had a meet and greet with Underoath at their Rebirth Tour. The exact same day in Salt Lake City, Justin Bieber was playing a concert at the Energy Solutions Arena. So, Justin Bieber is charging $500 a person for his meet and greet just to meet the people. Holy just to hell. come in, talk with them. $500 a person to do this meet and greet. I don't know how many people showed up for it that. It is the Biebs. It's the Biebs, It's the, the freaking Biebs. So, I went to the Underdose show. Meet and greet tickets started at ninety dollars, and I think they like were wrapped up at like one tw- like one forty if you wanted the vinyl. So here's the thing, though: the big difference between Underoath's meet and greet and Justin Bieber's meet and greet. With the Underoath meet and greet, I got an exclusive wristband, I got a backstage laminated pass, I got a pin, a little custom enamel pin, I got a tour poster, I got the vinyl, and I spent forty five minutes with the entire band. They signed every single one of my records. I got to ask them questions I never would be able to ask them online. I got to have conversations. And they met with us for 45 minutes and played an exclusive sound check to us as well. So I spent 140 bucks to get a double LP, all the cool stuff, meet the band, get an exclusive sound check, and have a small instrument setting with them. 
Justin Bieber's fans paid $500 for a meet and greet, didn't get any merch, didn't get anything. And Justin Bieber said, you know, guys, I actually can't handle, I can't handle this because it's too emotional for me. And canceled the meet and greet and didn't refund the tickets. What? Okay, well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's super fucked. That's super fucked. And I'm not saying, like, the bands are bad people or mm-hmm. anything like that. It just feels like... It just feels like you shouldn't have to pay for the privilege to meet another person. And again, like I said, I realize it's a business and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, they're just people. Like, no, that's I, true. I don't know. Like, uh, one of my favorite bands, Enter Shikari, like... Their lead singer uh, speaks out a lot about this. He's like, I will never charge anyone to meet me. Like, I'll never charge anyone to meet any any of the band members. That guy speaks out about and, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's very vocal. But, <laughs> he is vocal. But, like, I went to their shows. Dude, they're, they're just hanging out in the lobby, shaking hands with everyone, high-fiving, saying hi to everybody, they do free signings after the, the show. Like... Uh, you know, I spent like an hour after their show one day just hanging out with them for free, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I guess I respect that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I can definitely relate because I've gone to dinner with several guys. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Denny's with the band <laughs> after a concert. Really? And for free. Wow. And it's so much fun because you get that intimate setting, um, and you get to experience them on a different level. But I think when it's some something that you love, like I've paid for Emory VIP tickets before. I paid for Underoath VIP tickets before i did the as cities burn vip tickets when they did a 10-year anniversary tour and i don't here's the hard part i probably would do it just to ask band questions but i did it more for the merch i got special t-shirts with the date and very exclusive that no one else would have i got posters see i can understand that that. for me the the allure of a meet and greet vip thing is the merch are you gonna get merch are you gonna get to spend some time with your the artists and hang out I mean, a lot of my favorite bands, like even at that Rebirth tour, Under Oath hung out with people after the show. They were talking in the lobby, chilling out and hanging out with everybody, even after the VIP stuff, which is cool. I mean, that's that's something like that, that is cool. That speaks to the integrity of the band when they do things like that. But yeah, I, I think a lot of these VIP meet and greets where you're just paying to meet somebody like Justin Bieber, like that's that's crap because you're just meeting it's bull somebody. Crap. It's bullcrap. You should never have to pay for that. Yep. And yes, the merchant like hanging out and getting like a little show that's that's cool and i can respect that funny story uh there's a band called uh lydia if anyone's ever i heard love of lydia. lydia yep lydia is the best me and my wife we love lydia we've seen yep. them a Same bunch with of Melissa. times yep yep after one of the shows though we're going out there doing a signing and i i wanted to embarrass katie and <laughs> and so i went up to him like you you guys like like me and my wife we do it to your music all the time <laughs> and they're like guys and like he grabs the other band members, he's like, "These guys like do it to our music <laughs> and stuff like that." And Katie, Katie is just like as red as I've ever seen her. I love that. And it was, it was the funniest thing that's ever happened. It was that's so, good. so cool. <laughs> we do it to your music all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. But no, I think but it's it depends on it the band. And and like I said, the, the whole my whole premise of this episode was just to question. Does a band owe you anything for supporting them? Because throughout their careers, they ask you for financial support. They ask you for listening. They ask you to show up to things. They ask you to, to use word of mouth and promote the band. Like, I, and I feel like they do. And some people can argue that, yes, they, they owe you something because they give you music, and that's what they owed you. They owed you this CD. They owed you this song, and that's, that's all they owe you. 
That's it. That's where the line's drawn. But I think it's just a matter of, you know, I've invested time, money, and my life into the same experiences that you sing about. Man, I, when, when you say I'm not worth it or I, I'm not... I don't. I'm not owed anything. That just kind of it, it makes me feel like I've lost a friend almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's because they produce something that's personal, and so you relate to it, and so then when it's cut off or they feel like they don't owe you anything more because they are a business, they provide you a product, you bought the product. Yep. Or the service of playing a show in front of you, but it's so personal because music is a personal thing that when it, it you you feel like they do owe it to you. I feel like because connected with them whereas you don't connect with you know microsoft on a personal level exactly opposite end of the spectrum uh i don't know if you want to talk about this but uh my chemical romance did like a little teaser trailer a couple weeks ago with just the opening piano music of the black parade had like a yeah, yeah isn't the anniversary coming up here video and no explanation just that video and then like they announced uh, a vinyl with, uh, let's see. So it has the full album Black Parade, 10th anniversary edition, um, and also like 11 demos or B sides or something. And wow, like there were a lot of fans that were just very angry because they did not, because they're like made a bigger deal out of it because they were they want My Chemical Romance to get back together and make music again. So, like, on the opposite side of things, like, I'm in the band's favor on this one because, you know, they're they're not... Ob- they've already, you know, cut off ties. They're not making music. They're not obligated to do, like, a 10th anniversary tour for this. No, I just think it's... it's You're right. I mean, a band is not obligated to do anything just because they made an album 10 years ago or they did this so many years ago. They're not obligated to come back out and drop whatever they're doing and tour for 20 bucks a show. I mean, granted, the numbers are larger when a band comes back for these rebirth and these reunion tours, and I think that's kind of the lifeblood of the music industry at the moment. But they're not—they're not obligated to do anything like that because yeah. they just want to celebrate this awesome thing they did several years ago. Yeah, and I think—I think part of the problem is too—it's the internet, right? They post a teaser video, they think, "Oh, it's cool." They're gonna think, you know, we're releasing a 10th anniversary thing, and everyone—you know—a couple people go, "Oh my gosh, they're getting back together. They're doing a tour," and then it spreads like wildfire on the internet. And then the next day, the band comes out, and they're like, "Oh no, it's actually just a vinyl kind of thing," and everyone's like, "Oh, you guys suck." Yeah. Well, you look at bands like Nirvana. Kurt Cobain dies, they're gone. I mean, that's it. They're they're not doing music anymore. And I know some of the guys went off and did other things. Yeah. But what if that happened to one of our favorite bands now? We'd lose that lead singer and we wouldn't ever get anything else. But how much would we cherish the other things they've done before in the past? How much do you still love that record and listen to it all the time? Yeah. And so I think, the again, the fan isn't really owed anything from a, you have to come back out and do these things again. But when you promise something and you don't deliver and then you say, well, I didn't, I never needed you guys anyways. That's the hard thing. Dick move. Hey everyone, this is McKay and I'm just recommending this week to check out the USA network's new show, Mr. Robot. It is on season two right now and available to watch on USA.com and just join in and have some fun.